following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, I say it all the time, Derek Jaws, the Nightmare, EZD, whatever the fuck you want to call me, I'm that guy. Uh, here with my man, Big Diesel, and Austin, the Stat Man, for two or three out of four ain't bad this week. We got all the hosts with the mosts in the place. Boys, what's going on? How we doing? What's going on, buddy? Oh, uh, you know, just uh, trying to get better and better at these intros every week. And, you know, sometimes I fuck it up. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Listen, I'm gonna, at least you called the podcast the right name. Just throwing that information out there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is forever going to be your uh, your thing there, bud. Yeah, that's a total that's a total dweeb move to actually use the real name. You got to throw people off the scent. <laughs> right. Seriously, it's it's hipster and trendy to like just call it the wrong thing. That's what you got to do. Well, listen, if you're me, I'm going to fuck something else up. I guarantee it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are known for the Freudian slip. Yeah, I you know, I we're we're doing a. Uh, draft bust and draft steal episode on common debauchery. And I was, I, I was tired of talking about Tim couch when I meant to talk about Ryan leaf, when I meant to talk about uh, somebody fucking else. I don't know. I was, I was all kinds of confused the week before I was quoting uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas while talking about dazed and confused. It's been a weird couple of weeks, boys. When you work a double shift and then do a podcast, I feel like that happens when you go 16 hours straight of working. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, it's been, Hat stats and stats, tip of the cap, common debauchery, the network sports talk show. I'm going to be joining Matt on her uh, list in 10 on Sundays. Now it's, uh, I just, I talk too much at this point. I'm running out of words. You're a busy guy. See, I just go smooth brain all the time and it's smooth sailing. Yeah. I think that's something else. And uh, we won't talk about that on air. Uh, For those listening at home, you know, it's a toss up between him and Taylor on who, who the bubbling noise is coming from, but we won't go there. But uh, anyway, oh, it me? is it is no, it's not you. Oh, no, that's it, it's a joke. Never mind. Okay, it, it went it went over your it went over your smooth brain head. I told you it's a smooth brain. <laughs> oh, boys, we are here talking about draft the NFL draft. It is tomorrow. By the time this episode drops, it'll be today. The spectacle that is the NFL draft. How are we feeling about it? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, I don't know. I'm never not excited about it. So that might be a, a thing. That's probably a biased statement, but it is singly the, the draft that I look forward to the most. I mean, Nick, I don't know if that's something that you roll with, but it's, I look forward to it every year. I, I think it's the draft that matters the most, honestly. Um, you know, it's, it's the first one that it's, it's really the only one that like has immediate impact on the highest level of play in the sport. Sure. I mean, basketball, I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. I enjoy the draft spectacle. This is also, I'm excited for a new experience. I've never seen the Bills start this, with a pick this, this deep. Late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year was different because we just knew we weren't going to have a first round pick and we weren't going to move up into the first round. So we just kind of got to chill the first day and watch. And now, like, the first 10 picks are going to be like that. And then we're going to be like, all right, who's left? Yeah. And the interesting part about that is like this year, we kind of have that sit back and wait mentality going because we're picking so deep, but 
all of a sudden there's been rumor that we've been fishing around to see what it would take to get a little bit higher in the first round and see what's Love out there. The smoke screen. I, th- I heard I, they, they said uh, it was Peter, Peter Schrager. I think he said that that information didn't come from Buffalo. It came from somewhere else in the league. In other words, Brandon Bean is out here making the division think that he wants a running back. Some somebody else out there thinks they were trading up for a quarterback. I don't know. Like I think we're trying to get that. Justin Fields. That's what it is. The, that's the kind of smoke stream we're shading here. Yeah, go get Justin Fields and then trade him to somebody else for a first round pick next year because he sucks. That'd be sick. But listen, that would be big, big baller bean move right there. Yeah, maybe you he think, could ship out Jake Fromm for a third. You explained every Madden franchise I've ever done just right there. Just like draft the top yeah. quarterback even when you don't need one, trade him for a bunch of picks. Yeah, that's. I mean, listen, that's that's the Madden cheat code right there. And uh, right. I'm not gonna lie to you, our boy, our boy Baller Bean has been uh, pretty close to pulling moves like that. So, yeah, maybe maybe he has the God Mode controller for Madden, and we're I just mean, living like, in a simulation. I know, I know that we kind of we we gloss over it now, but 2018, the double jump in the first round to get two guys like that's nuts to think about. Looking back when when the, they make documentaries about our Super Bowl runs, that's gonna be a moment. I, uh, interestingly enough, this is, this is our boy beans fourth draft. And, uh, I heard on the radio today, they, it was obviously his first pick ever was Josh Allen, you know, so picking the goat with your first run is pretty good. But, uh, of the 28 picks that he has made, only four of them are currently no longer with the team. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. And Wyatt Teller was strictly scheme fit. Yeah. I'm not I, mean, that's... I still might want to have that one back though. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm I being don't... totally honest with you. He's like one of the best guards in football and it's like, son of a bitch. Damn right. It. Yeah. All you right. can never have too many good offensive linemen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, like I said, I, I, I feel the whole trade up conversation is 100% smokescreen. Uh, I think it's keeping people on their toes, keeping people not knowing what we're doing in true, true bean fashion. But guy's a legend. He's uh, a magician. He, he really is. You know what though? I, and on the flip side, and really, I don't think it would surprise me though. If the, if it winds up happening tomorrow that we move up to, to yeah, he's proven that he will. If 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 he sees the value there, he'll pull trigger. Correct. I mean, are we are in win now mode? I'm not saying it's Super Bowl or bust, but it, it it's kind of Super Bowl or bust. I mean, that is what we are going for. This is we we are, and the other side of that is that he they have shown the organization as a whole has shown that they're not willing to sell the farm for one. They don't want one. They want nine. And so, you know, you're not going to cripple us for four years to go get a dude. And like, well, a, and, 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 and it's about side, the right dudes on the, on the flip side. I think that's also a thing where if they traded back, somebody like Cincinnati or Miami, or somebody wants to move back into the first round who picks early in the second and they want, to move back in and we trade it out. I think that would be a thing that would happen too, that we stockpile more future picks with Allen about to get paid. I think it's, we're going to need cheap labor. <laughs> it's and getting a lot of draft picks is a definitely way to assist in that process. For sure. And the, the other side of that is, you know, being has also been a magician with our cap and with our contracts and, you know, yeah. Picking a lot of guys that are still with the team, you know, that means a lot of contracts are coming up soon, but I mean, he's also shown a propensity to be able to manage those things and keep us in a good spot. So, I mean, also need to say this 
real quick. People on Twitter, shut the fuck up about restructuring Diggs' contract. If you mention the word contract in Diggs, all he's going to do is ask for a raise. Leave it be. Yeah, let it go. God, people suck. Like I'm just saying, I don't want to have to pay him more because like the fact that he's ridiculously cheap for that production, let's keep it that way as long as possible, especially with Josh about to get paid. Sure, and the other side of that too is, I mean – they, everybody on this team so far has shown the uh, the propensity to the hometown discount, the Buffalo discount, right. which has officially been added to NFL lexicon, which I enjoy because of Big Baller Bean. So I got to ask, let's uh, let's lead this conversation down a certain road here. So if let's, I'm, I'm going to give you guys th- three options of move up, stay put, or move back, and. W- what position specifically you think we attack? Go, Nick, you can go first. For so do uh, do do we, move, do we move? Do we move? Do we move? Do we move or do we stay? It depends on who's on the board. That's a cop out answer. Personally, um, I think if if there's a top offensive tackle talent, edge talent, or uh, linebacker talent, you take him. Uh, I think people are undervaluing what we lost in Lorenzo Alexander in terms of a third linebacker who can play on rundowns and somebody who can also rush the passer. Um, and there's a couple of guys in this draft, especially late in the first round, depending on how many quarterbacks go, who could fall to us, who could fill that role. So are you saying it's kind of a stay put until we see what's up? Yeah, basically. I mean, you, you, you let the teams at the top battle it out and, and reach for quarterbacks and then see what talent sifts through. And if you have to move up to 23 ish, you know, into the mid to mid to high twenties, you know, you can give up a little draft capital to go get a guy who you think is going to fill a significant void, you know? Right. Austin, how about you? You know what? uh, I think my money's probably on staying put. I think it's probably the best of both worlds Um, that I talked about. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up or moved back that um, you can make solid arguments for both. Uh, but on the flip side, I think we're still in win now mode. I think we're trying to put a lot of our eggs in a more recent basket than, you know, kind of punting down the road a little bit. Um, we need players that can help us win now. And if one of those, uh, to Nick's point, if one of those edge rushers or something like that falls to us or starts getting close to us, I, I would not be surprised to see them make a move um, to get them. Or if a, a slew of them fall to us, then just staying put. And, and make it a pick. But I think my money's probably on just them picking the best player available at 30. I think it's probably what I think they're going to happen. I'll, I'll say this real quick on Austin's point. Brandon Bean, it, there's been multiple times, I, Ed Oliver specifically, and Epinesa, he's got no problem waiting to see what talent falls to him. It was like everybody jumped on the offensive players in, that, in the Ed Oliver draft, so we sat right there and took the best defensive tackle available in our opinion. So, I mean, it, it really depends on what Bean is thinking for position and what kind of talent is there at that time. Right. We are, we are, we are the best speculators ever. <laughs> oh, I know. Good stuff. Yeah. A lot of, a uh, lot of treading water here, boys. Not a whole lot of hot, yeah, yeah. not a whole lot of hot takes going on. I'm, I am. I can give hot takes, but uh, listen, I don't, I don't want to force hot takes, but uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just kind of hanging out in muddied water right now. And uh, that's not really the show's, the show's fortois, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Well then here you go. The Cincinnati Bengals are taking Rashawn Slater. 
You think they're passing on Sewell, huh? All right, I can see that. Sewell, okay, everybody loves Sewell because he's he, he's he's a big athletic dude who's got decent feet for that level. Um, but if I look at Rashawn Slater, he can play all over the line where Sewell's a tackle, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you can you can fill. He's more of a Swiss Army knife on the offensive line. He's a better pass pro right now uh, as a product, and Sewell might have him in the run blocking because he's a bigger athlete. But Rashawn Slater's positioning in run blocking is absolutely incredible, and his hand usage is unbelievable. See, like, and I and I like Sewell because at, at some point you have to protect Joe Burrow's other ACL, and he's just a big monster of a human being who I don't think ever allowed a sack in his college. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, but they already have Jonah Williams, and there's nothing wrong with having two stud tackles. But Rashawn Slater is also a stud tackle. But if you need him at guard, you can play him at guard if you happen to have a swing tackle or some nonsense. Which is true, but I don't know that I would take a guard at five. Quentin Nelson. Uh, listen, if, if, if you're going to use him as the outlier where, hey, you somehow at six got the best guard in football, I, how many times? It's not that an happen? outlier. That happens a lot. I mean, Does it? I, when's I, it other, other than Nelson, when's the last time that happened? I, I, okay, well, this is just off the top of my head because <laughs> I remember watching the documentary, the 1983 draft, uh, the the. Broncos, the guy who got traded for Elway was a guard, and he went I was probably fourth, fourth or fifth. I mean, so so if you win in that argument is, hey, man, 27 years ago, uh, this happened. I don't think that's what he needed. It's definitely happened before that, too. The point is, if if you got a guy who can rebuild your line like that, you take him at that spot. Listen, I agree with you. I don't think they can go wrong in either one. I just think that he's unbelievable. And I just don't know how often a guard gets taken there. If you knew, like, Zach Martin wasn't Zach Martin until – he was Zach Martin. I know that sounds really stupid. Zach Martin he, on the Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, he was, but he was taken later. He wasn't the fifth overall pick. Right. I mean, you can always point to uh, the best guard. Right, but he honestly, the, first of all, if you got a guard slash tackle coming out of Notre Dame, for some reason they don't do centers. But guards and tackles out of Notre Dame are studs, man. Like, seriously, consistently. The Martin brothers, uh, you got Ronnie Stanley, you got uh, the, the kid down in San Fran. Like, they're all over the place. I mean, I'm Nelson I'm hoping, too. Sorry. Well, I guess I guess what I'm saying is I, I also don't want Sewell to fall to Miami either. I don't, you know, what I mean, that's if you think that they're going to. Yeah, fall no, that's fair. Them. But they also just traded their tackle to what Washington. So I'm, I, no, I don't need them having a, a stud left tackle in our own division. Like we're maybe the best offensive lineman in the draft. Just, just. I'm not worried about them getting a stud left tackle. What's Mackay Becton done for for the Jets? What? Who's been the left tackle in New England since uh, that giant dude retired? Like, no, I don't know, they, have they, a stud they, left tackle, but they, in the they, division, they, they whatever. Nate Soldier for the longest time. Like they're, they Yeah, Nate Soldier. He was okay. I mean, I don't know. You have a bookend guy who doesn't allow any sacks and doesn't miss any games. I, don't I mean, know. I don't know about didn't it's allow a, any a, sacks. I watched Jerry, Jerry Hughes and Mario Williams absolutely eat his lunch for years. I also watched Stevie Johnson torch Darrell Revis, so I have a bad perception of Darrell Revis compared to the rest of the people. Which, which I understand, but... I, I don't think that there's anybody in the league who, if, if you said, hey, man, I'll give you Darrell Revis in his prime, and he would go, no, I'm not going to take him in case we play Stevie Johnson, said no yeah. one ever. <laughs> no, no, that's, still fair. that's Revis. fair. That's just the thing that's happening. All I know is if Miami does take an offensive lineman, I'm hoping it's the reincarnation of Tony Mandrich. Oh, yeah, a little steroid uh, turndown where he starts deflating. Yeah, and uh, you know the guy who you could have taken anybody that got drafted around him and hit a Hall of Famer, and you took the dude who washed out. 
<laughs> like, yeah, you got to be want... impressed at that point. You got to be impressed. Listen, play the lotto because you you want it in the in a bad way, but you want it. <laughs> uh man. So I uh to 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 be on topic of what the original question was before our little side conversation I, I, there, I, which I, I, I appreciate, you, I which I appreciate. I don't remember uh, what you asked me. You're going to have to say it again. Yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> you, you guys already answered it, and then you went way off the rails on me, so that's well, you fine. you said we weren't I, doing hot takes. So so we, we pulled a Jaws? Is that exactly yeah, like yes. that? Yeah, right, okay. Yes, and for, for some reason, my sole purpose on this podcast is to pull us back from everybody but me pulling a Jaws. So, <laughs> it works uh, well. Yeah, it, apparently, for some reason. Uh, so my, my take here is, you know, I... I see us sitting at 30 and I see us addressing a position of need. And if nobody worth and to me, those positions of need would be a true second corner, an edge or a linebacker. And if that's not available or if somebody's not worth that pick to us backing out and getting something for the future out of it, that's my take on it. Um, so I tried to do this with, uh, with Nick last week on last week's episode, so I'm going to start with Austin on this one because Nick completely yeah. avoided the question. Yeah. Austin, there are really five main quarterbacks in the conversation this year. I mean, there's more, but there's really five at the top that everyone's kind of tossing around. There's like, a, there, there's not. There's a whole bunch of guys that nobody's ever heard of, and they're going to go in the fifth round. First of all, I, Ian Book's going to be the best quarterback of the draft. No. Go Irish. False. False. Yeah, untrue. He's just a six false. foot Josh Allen. False. Also false. I know this. These are bold claims. It's all right. Well, let's move on. So Austin, do me a favor. Uh, okay. Drop drop down your rankings of said quarterbacks previously, like the 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 five big ones that are kind of they're they're kind of uh, kind of akin to the Josh Allen draft class, where there were five in that class too that people were thinking, you know, first round talent potentially so i want to know where you think these guys fall and not necessarily who takes them but like where the order in which they go i mean to, so to be honest, i mean so all right so the easy ones trevor lawrence i mean the easiest pick in the draft right now automatic no-brainer um it's him and everybody else um after that i really i'm, I'm going with a curveball here and it would not it's kind of like my surprise of the draft if you want to call it that um that I have Justin Fields after Trevor Lawrence, um, that everybody's very, very high on Zach Wilson. And I certainly understand that the, the stats certainly seem to back that up. Um, but from a kid who never played, never really played in the primetime game, he's, I mean, how do you handle the New York media and the New York spotlight? I mean, it, it is a thing. You people might not want to say it's a thing, whether it be the Yankees or the giants, or the jets or whatever that is, but playing in New York, it, it is a thing. And I don't know that he can handle that. Maybe, maybe he can, maybe he can't. But I know that Justin Fields playing in primetime games, playing in poll games, playing in, you know, for national championships, like that type of stuff is a bigger deal. Um, so I have him second. I have Zach Wilson third. Um, and then really from there, it depends on what you want. Um, Mac Jones certainly has a higher floor right now than Trey Lance, but Trey Lance's ceiling is forever. Uh, he could be better than Josh Allen. He could be a, a nothing. He could be a nobody. So really, it just depends on what you're looking for there. And when you want the consistency and the higher floor and the, the chance to not bust, or are you just swinging for the fences and going grand slam? Because then maybe Trey Lance is your guy. 
Um, so really, I mean, so I, if it's me and I'm, I'm going for consistency and somebody who's more NFL ready, I'm going to say Mac Jones and then say uh, Lance after that. So going, so again, so Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Jones, Lance. Mr. Diesel, what say you? All right, I'm going to give this answer not in the order I think they're going to go. But if I, if I were putting the quarterback onto the Chiefs this year and for the future, who would who would blossom the most? Who would be the best? Um, the first quarterback there is going to be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a stud. I think it's hilarious that he's falling. Somebody's going to luck out, just like we lucked out with Josh Allen. Whatever. Uh, second, I'll give to Trevor Lawrence just because he's played so much football at a high level. And I don't see generational talent, but I see a solid quarterback. So uh, I would put him at two. At number three, I'm going to go with Trey Lance. Shades of Josh, I don't know enough about him. But even if people say, like, um, he doesn't have a, a very high floor, like, how do we know? We don't really have a baseline in all reality until we see him play with talent around him against talent at that level. Um, so I'll put Trey Lance at third. I'll put Zach Wilson at four. I don't think being at BYU is a major issue. I do think that um, their offense was a lot of one and two reads, and sometimes he didn't read that right. That's concerning. Um, he can make a lot of throws like Mahomes. You know, he can do arm angles and stuff. He's got a crazy good arm. He's a good runner. But decision-making at the end of the day is going to make a lot of difference. And then um, I'm going to put Ian Book at five because I think he's better than Mac Jones. Interesting take at the uh, the bottom of that list there. I like it. It's really not like I'm. I, I implore anybody. I I was not a big Ian Book guy coming into the season. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan because he didn't seem to progress. He started as a true sophomore and then a true junior and then a true senior. And from his sophomore to junior year, I didn't see anything. And then this past year, I mean, he was a totally different guy. And it's not like they added a stud wide receiver or anything like that. Very true. So uh, I'm going to, I'm obviously, I don't think anybody's questioning that Trevor Lawrence is going first overall, uh, unless you, you know, see the Jaguars being the Jaguars and doing Jaguar things. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think Trevor Lawrence is the easy number one first pick. I personally think Trey Lance will be the best quarterback that comes out of this draft. Um, I, I've been very intrigued by him, uh, intrigued by what I've seen of him, this little bit of, little bit of, you know, film that I've seen on him, I, I've been super impressed. Uh, being described as Josh Allen without the accuracy issues coming out of the draft, uh, that's hard to argue with. You know, that was that was Josh's big knock was that and not running a profile style offense. This kid apparently has both. Um, I think Justin Fields will be the bust of the draft. I don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks. I just don't. Um, and much like I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks. Neither one of them play a pro style offense. They both have the ability and just we're just better than you. So my receiver is going to be wide open. There was a stigma around Clemson quarterbacks for a while before Deshaun came out. That's fair. And you can now continue. Sorry. No, that's and that's absolutely fair. But I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like you're, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots till you prove you're not the Patriots. The Browns, the Browns, they show me you're not the Browns. Like. Ohio State quarterbacks are Ohio State quarterbacks till you show me that you're not an Ohio State quarterback. Alabama quarterbacks are Alabama quarterbacks till you show me you're not an Alabama quarterback. And when you can show me that you can play with reading more than one dude who's got somebody closer than 10 yards from him, 
I'll be impressed. Until then, I, I'm not taking a shot on that guy because, and you know what, and I might be wrong, but I don't know that anyone's been right yet on either That's one of those. So fair. I'm, I'm, I'm not putting my eggs in those baskets, and I think the rest kind of muddle behind that. So I th- personally, I think the easy number one is going to be Lawrence, and in my opinion, number two should be Trey Lance. I would actually really be intrigued to see him go to San Francisco because I think him on that roster – makes them incredible and that could be a fun run for a rookie. So, and you have a defense that can back well, you. Also up. like that, like, like that division needs another, Stud. needs another. Yeah. Like that division's already a bloodbath. That'll be so fun to watch as a oh my God. fan, not in the division. Yeah. Like <laughs> let, let me sit back and watch and just watch those teams play and throw for a thousand miles for the, for the year. And then we'll figure it out. Whoever we see at the end. But that's that's my take on the whole thing, uh, and that and, and Trey Lance being the the quarterback of the draft is is my hot take for the year uh, on the draft. So, not that it's much of a stretch, but you know I I don't see a lot of people giving him a, a ton of love, especially with some of the big names around him. This was tough for me too, man. I'm sorry, Austin. You can no, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask Jazz. Um, I mean, how do you feel about him like opting out? I mean, the last real full season he had was in 2019. I think that's what, what scares a lot of people. It's, again, it's what have you done for me lately? And when you I mean, don't have any stats in 2020, that's – and, I mean, you want to spend the third overall pick on somebody who didn't play? It's tough. I don't but, know. That's Right, but we're also talking about a guy who, when he did play, was incredible. I mean, almost 3,000 yards, uh, another 1,100 on the ground – a total of like 45 touchdowns, no interceptions, no interceptions for sure. like, uh, you know, and I mean, I'm not, not really going to fault anybody for opting out because it's, it was a weird wild world, man. And, you know, so, you know, we're talking about Justin Fields, who did Ohio state play? Nobody. They played six games against no, against trash. What's the difference? I mean, the Big I Ten mean, was the Big Ten was a joke this year. Eh. <laughs> I wouldn't say they were a joke. I, I, I but all right. I mean, b- bottom line, you're getting a bunch of a bunch of people who across the board they, they didn't really see anybody. I mean, they, it was all conference play. I mean, so, okay, so, so to your point, so somebody who hasn't played, so like, so Justin Fields did play this season, but he also played in 2019 where he had 3,300 yards, 41 touchdowns, and three picks. And that's not even counting his rushing stats. So a better statistical season than Trey Lance had, playing better competition than Trey Lance did, and yet you've got Trey and Lance in front of him. You can't say the Big Ten two years ago wasn't an absolute bloodbath. Oh, oh Absolutely. But when you start talking about those, like, and again, Trey Lance played at North Dakota State. He So he didn't get a chance to go play in a playoff of any kind or anything along those lines. But uh, not, not the national championship, like not, not the national championship playoffs. Right. Did Ohio you, State did. Trey, Trey Lance didn't. That that division has a giant playoff structure at the end for a national championship. Right, but you're not playing Alabama, Clemson, like those top tier, best in the nation teams. I don't. I don't care. I do, and that's like because at the end of the Why? day, be, be, because because when you look at Ohio State, when they get there, what do they do? 
they generally crap their pants. Okay. I, I, I mean, that's it's it's I, I'm not understanding the point that you're trying to make I mean, here. So I, I so so really so for, for me here, what, what I guess when it's all said and done, so Jaws affectionately calls me the stat man. If if I'm one of these GMs and I'm taking these picks, right? And, I, and I'm I'm mortgaging or or betting my 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 job most likely and the future of the franchise on something, I'm going with what history tells me and going with statistics. Right. I mean, you can point to outliers, you can point to guys who, who were drafted, but I mean, realistically, if I'm looking for a quarterback, I understand the modern NFL is different with guys who are athletic and can run, but I'm looking for a six foot five, 230 pound quarterback with a, a strong arm who can make all the throws. I mean, if you happen to be athletic, then that's great. I mean, if you have stone feet and you're Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, those guys can't run, but it didn't matter. You know what I mean? If you're a huge guy like who, who fits that mold and has the athleticism of Josh Allen, you can run great. Then run, then use it to your advantage. And mind you, Trevor Lawrence can do that. Um, but if I'm doing that, I'm going with the guy with the size and, and the arm strength that I, I would not have taken Baker Mayfield first overall, just to, to go back a couple of years ago, because he's too short and he doesn't fit that mold. Well, people go, Oh, well, Russell Wilson or Drew Brees. Okay. Two guys out of like seventy NFL quarterback. That's not like okay. You you got lucky, is what. And it two was. of and those two did things that were transcendent of their their. Uh, right. What do you want to call and, it? And Russell Wilson was a third round pick. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Gen- like point. like literally generational. Russell Wilson does things that well, Kyler Murray's in the league doing it now, but that's ten years after. Like you got to think Kyler Murray grew up watching Wilson do that. It's shit like that. Like. Like, you don't just get that Russell Wilson all the time. It's kind of right. like Steph Curry in the NBA. Right. I want to take a guy who's like the, the Steph. Well, you know what? It's the same thing with receivers. As much yeah. as I like guys like, like Rondale Moore and stuff like that, like these guys, the kid from Purdue who's, who's 5'7", 185, you know, however his weight is. Like, oh, he's a Tyree Kill build. Listen, do I want to take him hoping he's the next Tyree Kill? Personally, no. Because the likelihood of that being true is, is, is probably slim to none. It doesn't mean he won't be talented. It doesn't mean he won't have a decent career. Maybe he'll be unbelievable. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have the six foot three, 230 pound receiver who runs a four, three, 40. You know what I mean? Like, it's just because history tells me that one of those guys has a higher likelihood of being successful. You know what I mean? Like, so, and that's, that's just my take on it. Like it's, it's all a gamble. It's all, everything's a risk, but you have to make the most educated playing the odds risk that you could take. Do you know what I mean? That's fair. But I I would, I would say this Austin, just because you are the stat man is obviously (laughs) you can't rely on just stats, you know, like you got to marry, you got to marry the eye test in with it. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, that's just for the people out there. Cause I know that there's some people who go to I'm right.stat.edu and will pull up whatever stat that they want to do it. But it's like, how does that actually translate? If there's, there's stats, like when you pull up stats, like the yards, completion percentage, that when you put that all on a line, it means more than saying, yeah, he threw for 4,300 yards in a year. Okay. Well, Jameis did that and he did 30 and 30. It's different when you throw for 37 and three, you know what I mean? Sure. I listen, I mean, and listen, Jaws and I are baseball coaches. That That's what we right. do. Big it's, analytic there, thing. There, there are so many people who go, oh, he's that, that kid's not any good because you know, here's his batting average. And here's what I'm like. I'm like, yeah, but look at him. The kid can just play. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's, it's the eye test thing. Like he just yeah. can play. Oh, well, he was, he was only eight out of 12 in the batting cage or, or you know, like whatever it was, whatever random statistic they want to throw at you from a tryout or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but 
he mashed nine doubles. I, you know what I mean? Like he might, he might've swung and missed five times, but he also was one hop on the wall the other time. Right. So That's just, the Bryce Harper thing. It's it's I'm going to strike out or I'm going to go yard and it's, it's going to happen 20% of the time, but that's overwhelmingly are, good for the team. There are a lot of franchises who will pay you an awful lot of money to go yard. I mean, basically I'm a Yankees fan and it's like their entire roster. Oh yeah. Like go, go home or it's, or hit a home run. That's those are your options. Jaws. Yeah. So Jazzy bear that that's my whole thing. I I'm, I'm looking for a, a height to weight ratio there and it might sound stupid, but that's, I'm hedging my bets at that point. If I'm it's also about future, durability at that point, you right. know, so, bigger well, guys so, are more durable. So, the, so then I guess Generally. my question is like, so if you were, if you're, so when this whole, again, sidebar started, we were talking like Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. Who, who's your take there? I think you can make an argument. They're almost the same guy. As far as athletic profile, size, weight, arm strength, it's going to come down to, it might be intangibles. How well do they interview? When a, when a, some scout gives you a, Hey, when you're in this situation, did you give him the X, Y cross double back? Whatever. You know what I mean? And, and he go and he can explain it to you. It is intelligent and intellectual when he's giving you a response. Then maybe, maybe that's what it comes down to. I got one for you, Josh. This is reminding me a lot of Darnold and Josh Allen comparing these guys, both big, decently athletic, similar, like you Trey Lance is a stronger arm than, than Justin Fields, but like nobody's really complaining about Fields' arm strength. Fields has a lot more college football reps um at the college level at, at at against a lot of talent and that's what'll scare people away is that Trey Lance doesn't have those reps but if you can get him meaningful NFL reps he could take off like Josh Allen right. it's it's just a very similar situation in that and it's it's what kind of situation do these guys end up in is it going to be San Francisco's like Buffalo with Trey Lance and then Denver takes um Justin Fields or something. They'll trade up to six, take Justin Fields, and he's in a chaos out, out West, you know? Uh, interesting note on that. I saw today, and I'm actually going to look it up before I say it. Um, yeah, so the Broncos just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Schmetty. Which uh, I found very interesting, and that kind of puts a, puts a bit of a wrinkle in things because I personally think Teddy Bridgewater is starting quarterback caliber you know, at least he's proven he can win playoff games. I'm, I mean, he did in Minnesota, did he not? Yeah. And I mean, he looked fantastic in New Orleans. He didn't do terrible in his start in uh, Stinton, Carolina. And that's without one of the best running backs in the league being back there with him. So, right. And I mean, he got hurt that year too. They didn't exactly have an offensive line to protect him. Right. So, so I mean, um, and, and, and Denver came out saying that that was not going to, deter them from drafting a quarterback but i mean really just as a question i'm posing to you guys do you guys think that they would carry drew lock teddy bridgewater and insert third quarter you think they would carry all three guys and be like all right duke it out whoever wins is going to start go ahead uh i think you're going to see this be the if they draft a quarterback uh you're and, and and this could very well be you know bringing in Teddy Bridgewater to maybe mentor somebody, you know, he's played in a, a bunch of different systems. He's had some success and maybe he mentors drew lock or he mentors whoever they take in the first round or both. And they see who works out, you know, who pans out. Once again, this I'll just bring up another situation that this reminded me of uh, the Cleveland Browns before they ended up with uh, Baker, you know, they had Deshaun Kaiser who, meh. And then, you know, they brought in Tyrod and drafted Baker and said Tyrod's the guy, and then Baker ended up taking over. This smells similar in terms of, you know, we're bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, but if we see the opportunity to draft a quarterback, 
draft that quarterback, and then, you know, we'll ship out Drew Locke. They shipped out Kaiser to Green Bay for like a fifth round pick or some nonsense like that. You know what I mean? So Drew Locke will become the cannon fodder if a quarterback falls into a spot where they can make a move for it. Bringing up another interesting point, does Tyrod Taylor end up starting football games for the Houston Texans? God, I hope so. <laughs> I love Tyrod, man. Like, guy broke our drought, and on you can never take that away from him. No, and listen, he's he always got a place here. Talk, talk about a dude who's gotten nothing but shit luck. Like, yeah. You, you come in, you know, they, they basically say like, Hey man, listen, like we drafted this kid. Like we, we want to bring in people who can teach him a, like a dip, like the different style of play than what you do. We're going to let you go and do your thing and give you a shot. Cause it's not going to be here, but we appreciate you. And then he goes and gets hurt and Baker starts. And then he goes to another spot and then a doctor punctures his lung with a fucking needle and the old slip uh, of the slip of the hand. Yeah, a little little <laughs> little slip of the wrist there. And next thing you it was know, weird. He he had a meeting with Justin Herbert like twenty minutes before. It was the strangest <laughs> thing. I, so we, uh, that's crazy how that oh. happened. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, Justin Herbert turns into a stud. Is that, is that a wad full of twenties in your back pocket? That's strange. How did it get there? Nancy Kerrigan has entered the chat. <laughs> Furthermore, do you think Tyrod is behind the allegations against Deshaun now that he's a Texan? All right, come on. That's a bit. That's a stretch. That's a bit of a stretch. I, you know, what? it's it's. I, I honest to be honest with you, I forgot about it. Like you said it just now, and like it was it was such breaking news for the longest time. Then and then, well, it, you just it's, didn't it's, hear anything about it. It was like twenty women came out, and then like I don't know, five weeks went by, and well, I it was anything more about it. It was, it was twenty one women came out and accused him, and then eighteen came out and put their names on the fact that he was never anything but professional and you know, uh, just a, a stand-up human being. And then, you know, the question of like, all right, you're a professional athlete. Do you really have 40 different massage therapists and why? Like, I mean, it's also at this point, it's only civil suits and they've only, the, the lawyer, not the actual women has threatened criminal charges, but like a lawyer threatening criminal charges and bringing criminal charges, clearly two different things. I, I mean, this, uh, it's kind of like LaShawn McCoy where I, it smells, man. Like it doesn't seem, it seems almost like everybody's piling on. And the issue is if there was one to three women who this did, you know, happen to all of a sudden, all this piling on is going to make it look different or end up getting shit thrown out. Obviously I don't know the whole thing, but you can't, you can't uh, say guilty until uh, proven guilty. Right. The unfortunate side is that we live in a world right now where, you know, you you almost have to err to the side of, in the, like with this specific thing, you have to err to the side of guilt because if not, you run into a whole other slew of problems, which we are not even coming close to dissecting on this no, fucking show no, no, or no. any show that I, I have anything to do with. So oh, I, I've already said I have a smooth brain. That conversation would only go poorly. Yeah, that's uh, that's not anything we're all we're going to be willing to put on recording and put out there for the world to hear. So but uh the, the interesting side to this, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier uh, with this year's draft, is to get back on topic. Uh, the shortened and modified NCAA season from last year and no combine. So you only had school-hosted pro days, and there was no full combine. You didn't get to see people side by side. Um, you know, 
you didn't get to see quarterback prospects throwing to wide receiver prospects and so on and so forth. So how, how interesting do you think this year is going to be with the amount of hit and miss in the draft, which is always a crapshoot, you know, generally like the, I, I'm pretty sure the percentage are something like 50% of the first round end up being impact players that actually stick it out in the league. And that number gets cut in half every round you go down. So how much do you think, how much do you guys think that that, this year is going to be even more ridiculous when it comes to hits and misses. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think it affects the numbers at all. I think you're still going to have half the first round picks be, be viable starters and then a handful of them might be studs. And then the other half are going to be out of the NFL or, or barely serviceable backup players. Um, I think what you might wind up seeing is teams that generally suck at drafting might find an Easter egg or find that diamond in the rough and teams that are usually traditionally very good at drafting. um, They were taken out of their element, not being able to sit down and have an interview. And if you had a coach that was, I don't know, super into body language or had a very specific set of questions that they'd like to ask prospects when they take them out to dinner, like, you know, I mean, that week of the combine, um, they didn't get to do any of that. Um, so I think what you're going to find is it leveled the playing field team to team, but I don't think it changes the the overall hit and miss ratio. I just think you're going to be like, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers missed on a pick, huh? That's that's unlike them. And then you're going to go, oh, like Jacksonville looked hammered all their picks. Oh, go fit. You know what I mean? Right. You see teams that suck do well and, and vice versa. Uh, I will say this because of the NCAA extra year of COVID eligibility, there's a guys who opted out. Um, who are going back next year as well, which just creates a bigger prospect pool next year because you still get the high school seniors who graduated. If, if any of that makes sense to people. Um, next year's prospect pool should be deeper. So I, I do think that this one's a bit thinner, like fifth round through seventh round is probably going to be less than usual, I would say. You're not going to find it really diamonds in the rough there just because there's not as many prospects in general. Um I would think at the top of the draft, it'll probably be a lot more whoa or, oh, you, you pick that guy. Um, but the other thing I noticed because of the shortened year is just a lot of these guys are raw, man. They didn't get the, they didn't get all the reps and f- football, especially transitioning to the NFL. A lot of it is having reps. So a lot of these guys are super raw and we're going to see how good NFL coaching really is with this class. Yeah, that's really where I'm coming from with it is you're you're really going to find out what what coaching staffs are worth their salt and which ones are kind of hiding behind smoke screens of already developed talent or um, getting lucky with a guy just being ready coming out. You know, I, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of guys who are just flat out ready. To right. Come out, but I think there's going to be you're going to see more and more it relying on what a coaching staff can do for a kid. Which. It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be, this is where, you know, that's why they get paid the money. So we're going to see who is earning the paycheck. No kidding. It's uh, it's going to be a, a wild year. You know, the, uh, I know our friends uh, at the two point conversation over here on the network had a conversation about the combine and, you know, the numbers and whatnot. And, you know, uh, I ended up talking to, uh, to Matt Johnson about it was like, listen, man, like, you know, when you talk about numbers, when you talk about combine and stuff like that, like, no, is, is a dude bench pressing 31 reps going to meet? Does that mean he's going to be a fantastic offensive tackle? No. But if I have 
two dudes who are basically the same and one dude doubles the other dude reps, maybe that's a guy I take a look at a little bit harder. Or maybe if he scores higher on the wonder leg, or maybe he's he's a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, or whatever you know. The and this year you don't really have those. You know, you 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 don't really have those comparisons. You don't have those. You know, on top of not having a ton of tape, not top of not having a ton of recent on top of reps, not having the the same medical information that they usually have. I mean, yeah. usually these teams have extensive physicals on guys, and obviously with with the COVID stuff, they have probably less than half of that. Well, yeah. so, and it came out today too, that I don't know if you guys heard that Caleb Far- Farley, the, right. the cornerback yeah. from Virginia tech tested positive for COVID. So now he has, he can't have any contact with any team or any team doctors for two weeks. So now the draft is tomorrow and he was He's borderline got, with yeah. some injury things and he was potentially a first round pick corner. But Hang now, on. It's not just some injury things, man. He was like slipping discs in his back well, at 21 right. years old. But at like at from a talent standpoint, that people felt oh, that stud. he could he could have been a top fifteen pick, and now it's not only can we not look at him, I have to draft him, and then even after I draft him, I can't have my doctors look at him for another ten days because yeah. he tested positive, which is like uh, I don't know what you do with that information. Like, hey, we got to draft you. You can't come to the team draft party. We can't like come and fly you out. You can't talk to our team doctors. I'm just hoping and praying you're going to be okay. I mean, he's got the talent. It'll be interesting to see where that kind of guy ends up. Could be like Laramie Tunsil, who, you know, smoked some pot, falls down, goes to a good team. Well, good fit and, you know, blossoms. Caleb Farley could be that. It's going to be something stupid like Farley's going to go all the way to like 31 and go to Tampa and, you know what I mean? Or just (laughs) be Arthur, you know what I mean? Be at the end of the draft and just be unbelievable that, right? Because they have the type of roster that you can do something you can take. The right. Kind of you can be really thing. creative. Yeah. Right. And of course, he'll wind up being in like a Bruce Arians led team and just be unbelievable. <laughs> Todd Bowles running that <laughs> Todd Bowles would use him as like a nickel blitzer or some that's bullshit. That's what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so boys, this has been a, a very solid, uh, solid draft episode here. And I know that last episode, big diesel came out and said, that he th- he doesn't believe Micah Parsons is a garbage. NF- yeah, that he said he's garbage. Flat out said he's garbage. Don't hold back. Tell me how you're really absolute doing. booty cheeks. I'm talking the <laughs> fattest two clappers <laughs> you've ever seen. Oh God, I'm gonna make that this episode's uh, TikTok just so you know. Good. And <laughs> uh, so. My hot take is obviously my take on Trey Lance. Austin, give me a stretch. Give me, give me something here, buddy. Give me a, uh, give me a hot take. Give me a hot draft take. Hot draft. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of let off the show with it. It would not surprise me if the New York Jets took Justin Fields instead of Zach Wilson. That it, it almost felt too easy. I, to be honest with you, I don't know that I've ever seen a mock draft from like anybody who did not have Lawrence and Wilson. Do you know what I mean? Like that it was too easy that when you're putting together a mock draft, it was very, very simple to just throw those top two guys and okay, we'll figure out the other 30 picks afterwards. But I think, I think the jets might come out of nowhere after his pro day, which they went to and go with Justin Fields. That it would, that it's not, it's not going to be something where fields falls to new England at 15, that he's going to go number two. And cause I think he'd be just fine in that New York spotlight. Which, you know, and God knows that uh, the media loves Ohio State, so. Uh, which, that's, 
regardless of what, to your point, history has told us like that, yeah. that just, that would not surprise me. Well, I dig it. All right, boys. I got a question for you. All right. Oh if the bills stay put at 30 dream pick. The dream pick. My goodness. I mean, I, it'd be easy to say running back, but Jaws would shoot me. I would uh, shoot you too. Uh, if, you, if you, if you say running back, I'm going to kick you off the podcast. H back. No. Half, half, half back. No. Tailback. Some make. Right, right, right. Madden, Madden does not call them that. Madden calls them H backs. I mean, I don't know. Jazz, you guys, it's, it, it all depends on who falls to us. I mean, to your point, but I, just, just because I think there's no way either one of them fall to us. Uh, if, if Travis Etienne is there, I would, I would say take him. I'm not for trading up for him. I'm not tra- going to get him. But if for some reason, the most talented running back in the draft falls to you at 30, I don't know how you don't. See, and I, I, you'll, you'll never see me on that train because the most talented running back in the draft fell to the Chiefs last year, and he was outrushed by an undrafted rookie. And Did he help he them was... win the Super Bowl this year? No, not really. Oh, that's okay. No. Yeah, Sorry, but, to, but, yeah. but to say that it doesn't help the offense go, like, I don't know how having another yeah, offensive Wait, wait, wait. Did their, offense, did their offense keep up with Tampa? Listen, Tampa's got a top two defense. Uh, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Josh, listen, so, torched, Josh torched the Rams. He torched top ten defenses all year long. So if you're asking me if I'd rather have the seventh best corner, the fifth best defensive end, uh, says who? The fifth, the fifth best linebacker or the best running back in the class. Says no, who? I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the best running back. Because, who is, because like you're here's not my at thing. 30, you're not getting the top position player at any position at 30. Says who? It, so every Based on draft, general consensus, ev- every correct. Dra- every draft ever. Ever no, you don't get the top player at any position at 30. And if you do, that player wasn't any good. If you get the top defensive end at 30, that means in that year's draft, there were no defensive ends. That's what that means. Because nobody took a pass rusher, which is a premium NFL position, and you got the best one at 30. We got Espinosa last year. Uh, yeah, he was so good as a rookie. He was the top pass rusher in last year's draft, other than Chase Young. It was Young, and then 60 picks went by, and the next guy went. And he did next to nothing on our roster. Statistically, he did next to nothing. AJ Epinesa had a fantastic second half to his season last uh, year. You know what, Austin? Mm. I, I love you, man, but that's like mm. saying Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes doesn't have sack production. I don't give a rat's ass. Every quarterback, in the, especially in the AFC East, knows exactly where Jerry Hughes is at all time because he beats tackles. My point is – Did that I make want... up for the three sacks he had last season? I mean, Yes. I mean... I, I don't think it does. Three, uh, Jer- Jerry played, Jerry Hughes almost single handedly beat Lamar Jackson in the playoff game. Correct. Jerry really? Hughes. Jerry he, Hughes he is had, actually had a top ten and, and defensive he, end in the league between pressures, hurries, knockdowns, hits, and sacks. And not to mention one on one pass run pass pass rush win rate. He's I'm at least top five. I mean, listen. I mean, agree to disagree. I mean, yeah. that's that's regardless. The the point is on defense, especially. There's a lot more ways that guys impact the ball impact the ball game than just stats. And my uh, I, my dream pick at 30 is Zayvon Collins to be Lorenzo Alexander 
See, like, and I, and I think if you're going at 30 and you're going to take a linebacker who doesn't stay on the field all three downs because you're never I, I want him on Milano. the field all three downs. He's, yeah, I want he, him. I want never him to do that. Edmonds and Milano are never coming off the field. So you're drafting a linebacker who's going to come off the field on third That's downs. That's not I don't true. Need, I don't need a guy. Really? They yes. To Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying, Austin. I want Zayvon Collins to be Lorenzo Alexander. First down, when teams have 11 and 12 personnel, he's on the field as a linebacker. When they go to 10 personnel or, or spread it out and it's third and long, you're putting him at D end opposite of Epinesa or Hughes, or you're kicking Epinesa into D tackle with Eddie. And then you got Jerry and Zayvon Collins. Lorenzo Alexander didn't drop in pass coverage. We put him on the line and, and rushed him. AJ Klein last year, he sucked in pass coverage. We started blitzing him. That's what I'm talking about. He'll be on the field for three downs in that case. I, I just don't know that you, you, you take a guy with a first round pick in that situation. Somebody who's, I mean, Lawrence Alexander also used to be a defensive lineman and he right? lost a ton of weight. So like he had that pedigree in that background to be successful in that role. I don't think. Zayvon Collins is 255 pounds. I, I understand that, but I mean, he, he's going to be, there's going to be a deficiency somewhere because there's no way he does everything well. Cause if he did do everything well, he wouldn't fall to 30. He would be one of the first linebackers taken. Yeah. He's not, he's not super great against small slot receivers. Well, I mean, not a lot of linebackers are, but I mean, right. Jeremiah Wosu Koromora. That's his, that's his big thing. He can, he can cover tight ends or he can cover a slot guy. Saving Collins. That's his deficiency. I'm willing to take that deficiency. If I'm going to, if I'm just going to blitz him in creative ways with, with an athletic defensive line. I mean, listen, having, having defensive weapons is fine. I mean, it's not like it's the Arizona's crying about getting Simmons last year, but I mean, right. It, it, it creativity and how he's used is certainly a thing, but I feel like we have more pressing concerns than the fifth or sixth best linebacker in the draft and somebody who may or may but not if we're be at on the 30, field. You're telling situation. me that running back is a more pressing concern than, than a defensive chess piece. Cause I mean, I would rather have the defensive chess piece when we face Kansas city than, than a, a running back who I'm hoping can be a home run hit in an offense where we're running. They're not going to run the ball at, ton and we have home run hitters we I mean, have I guess, digs i guess if you're talking about McKenzie. defensive chess piece though then i would rather have a pure pass rusher i'd rather have a guy who gets after the quarterback all the time instead of somebody you have Jerry who, and, and, and epinesa and epinesa's come a long way in one year as a pass rusher i mean listen we'll see a lot of it you're we're basing it off of possible right taking a step forward and hughes not letting 33 or 34 years old slow him down because father time is undefeated and he is on the wrong Even if it slows him down and it, it has, it has how often he wins pass rush rate. He'd still be probably top minimum a top 30, you know, defensive end. I mean, I, I don't even think, I mean, you said he was in top 10. Like, I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I could name a slew of guys that I'd rather have instead of him. It's, he doesn't. He he doesn't have the finishes on the sacks, but he he affects the throw just as much as a sack, if not more. There's a lot of like Jordan Poyer's got like four picks in the past three years off a of Jerry Hughes hit that creates a, a nonsense down the field. Listen, I, I agree, but I mean, there's also times where he's non-existent. I mean, and, and, don't, and don't get me wrong, that can be any pass rusher. Some of the best guys there. There are games that Miles Garrett. Is right. non-exit, you know what I mean? So it's possible you just run the other way or, hey, we're going to stay away from them. But I look at, we've already got millions of dollars set up in our linebackers and and it, to take another guy who's, I don't know, a chess piece, it's, 
I feel like I those mean, chess it, pieces I, are, are usually to be perfectly safety, honest. Corner. It sounds the same. Like it sounds the same as a running back there because we invested draft capital the past two years in a running back and what we're going to invest in a running back there, or we have too much invested in linebackers. So we're not going to invest in a third one there. I don't know. I, to me, that's kind of a, it's, it's a similar situ, situation. Well, so, I mean, I, I look at, if you look at all the teams that were in the playoff last year, all of them had semis and running backs. We, we were the okay. only ones that didn't. I disagree with that. Did, Devin, Singletary, Devin Singletary, the past two years, was top 10 in, in percent plays that he goes and breaks for a big run, which is 20, 20 plus yards. He doesn't get it over 30 yards. I don't care. Give him 20 yards. He's, 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 there's, no, there's no breakaway speed there. Like if you're looking care. at the back of his jersey, he just keeps. I, I couldn't care less. Give me first down. Josh is going to put it in the end zone. I mean, I, I need to back to give me a first down. We didn't do great in short yardage when we needed to run. And I think that's more of a line thing than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Devin Could Singletary be. makes people miss like it's his job. John John Feliciano came out and said after he got signed this year, they asked him about addressing the running back situation and the rushing attack situation. And his exact words, his exact terminology was, we were the number two ranked offense last year. You really think we want to slow down and run the football? Was word for word what John Feliciano said. Like, we, we are not going to be a running team. We are not going to be the Titans. You know why? Because we're going to score 50 points a game and say, fucking catch me if you can. Oh, and we have a defensive-minded head coach. Okay, also, so like, I, get, I get the home run hitter thing. Devin Singletary also averaged five, over five yards of carry his, his rookie year and, and 4.6 yards of carry last year. Anything listen, so, over four is Derrick Henry shit. So, I mean, listen, you can call it, I mean, whatever you want. You can call it scheme. You can call it line. You can call it whatever. I guess my point is, championship teams run the ball when they need to. And we absolutely could not. And you could say, maybe that was the line. Maybe that was scheme. Maybe that was stable. It could be many different things, depending on what your perception is. Good teams run the ball when they have to. And we could not, when we had to run the ball, we were unable to, that's a problem. Um, If you're, if you're, I, 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 I'm going to beg the question, when did we need to run the ball and didn't, I'm, did we win a championship? Did, did we, did we That's not the question. You said sure, sure. you said good teams run the ball when they need to. When did we yeah, need to? There was that Jaws, there was uh at least one third and one in the AFC championship game that we gave to Moss. So so one so one so one play. One at play we one. needed to like however that one play can turn into seven points, which then makes that a completely different ball game. Right. I'm but, not I, but, but, he's, like he's very, Austin is very right in you need to be able to run the ball when you have to run the ball. And there's third and one, you can pass the ball on third and one and be very efficient. There's also some times where they're going to give you a five man box on third and one run the fucking ball and get the first down. And again, I agree with that. And it got but when, stuffed. But when you're, when you're talking about taking your running back in the first round and you're saying we need to run the ball, when we want to run the ball. Um, again, I, I don't know that a first round pick is worth that one that's play in the AFC championship. That, that's my point. Like yeah. you're, you're saying like, oh, you know, if we, we had a, we had a, a five point lead with four minutes left and we went incompletion, incompletion, incompletion and lost. Oh, okay. Maybe that's an instance where we should have been able to run the ball or could have run the ball, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a play in the AFC championship game for a first round pick. And, and again, so, so he said there was a play in the AFC championship. I'm saying there are many instances Oh, throughout you the should year, be yes. able to run the ball and forget one game, a whole season. There are instances where you should be able to run the ball. 
you've got two minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're up a score, you're up 10 and you're just trying to ice the clock. What about that? But instead of getting to be able Which to we get did a first a couple down times, by the way, we, Zach Moss had a couple of really nice games where he iced out the game for us. I listen, they're not totally inept. I'm just looking at somebody like Hetien who had 70 rushing touchdowns in college. Couldn't I mean, you, you, you don't want a guy on your team who had 80 total touchdowns in college. I mean, that's, no, that's a lot of tread on the tires to be perfectly honest. We got nice cheap options right now. Not, I mean, 107 attempts, 204 attempts, 207, 160. It wasn't 400 attempts. I mean, how many receptions? Uh, 102, four, 48 catches last season. So that's close to 500 total touches for his college career. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he got hit on all of them. I mean, I'm just okay. looking at he he averages seven yards a rush, eight yards a rush, to get eight yards blow a out rush, an ACL, five yards man. a rush. I mean, you take one wrong plant, that thing's gone. And okay, but that that's true rock. for every single player Correct. in all of the NFL. That that can't if you're afraid of getting injured, don't play. Josh Allen can scramble first one round time. Pick on a running back with a lot of tread on his tires, just because he could be an explosive threat at the next level. I'm I'm still not taking a running back in the first round because the second or third overall rusher in the league last year was an undrafted rookie on the worst team in football. Again, you want to point out outliers. There's always a guy there, but you have to get lucky okay, and okay. find it. It doesn't always and, happen. And two, and two other dudes that outrushed the first overall or the first running back taken were taken after him. Okay, Austin, so let me ask you a question. Austin, so do you, if, 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 if I you told could... you, do you want an undrafted rookie or do you want Saquon Barkley? Who would you take? You want, the, you want the undrafted yeah. rookie? You want Barkley? Yeah, I'm not paying the uh, okay. money for Saquon, and he's been hurt the past few years. He had a bum ankle two years ago. Bum ankle leads to an injured knee and is starting to work his way up. I guarantee you something goes wrong with his hips. And, I mean, again, and again, now you're looking at a team that has Daniel Jones at the helm. Yeah, pass when... on a quarterback in a good QB class went with a trash quarterback in the next one. Well, not Listen, trash. The, I love Danny the, Dimes. The top, top five overall is a totally different argument than you're at 30 – and your most of your starters oh, okay. are back from last year, so, and you're so so at thirty. Saquon Barkley is not there, so that's Agreed, a different conversation. But, so okay, but you, your, your whole point was un, undrafted rookies Barkley. are just falling out of the trees, like no, but to then be studs. the point that is, happen. ATN is not, but, but, but is they not are. Saquon Barkley or CMC. He's I not. I, I don't. I don't think they are. Uh, you you named James Robinson as an undrafted rookie. I'll I'll wait for the plethora of other undrafted rookies that are in the NFL that are Pro Bowlers. Fred Jackson was one. Okay, so, so are we just talking running backs or a running back we had running back we had 10 years ago. No, running backs. Undrafted running backs that are just studs. And Jaws will come up with a list of five from the last 15 years. So even though there's 90 running backs in the NFL, you came up with five over 15 years. And only two of them are current. Mike Gillisley not only had what a, a six touchdown year with us, he then won a Super Bowl with the Patriots and had the 10 touchdown season. I mean, that's I mean, not so, nothing. And, and how many rushing yards did he have? About, about 300? They gave him the ball at the goal line 10 times? That's not anything. Don't care. That's, that's completely – that, so, that is so the I, correct so value so at the position. So I told you, you Etienne had, had 80 touchdowns, and you were like, no, I don't care. But now you're bringing up Gillisley having five, and you're like, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. That's not what I'm saying. I said that was a good year. Um, and I said Etienne could have a great college career, but C.J. Spiller had a great college career. He also had a pretty decent pro career. So if, if you, you – know, he, he had you, a couple of good on, seasons. Hold on, hold on. Correct. If you want to talk about undrafted rookies, uh, Philip Lindsay, Legarrette Blount, and Dominic Phil Rhodes. Lindsay. Okay, so Dominic Rhodes next to nothing. Everybody forgotten about him in the NFL. You just said it. Lindsay had two good years, and Denver didn't like him enough that they brought in Gordon. No and, now they, they they, and, they, they, and they cut Philip Lindsay. He ain't, he ain't even there anymore. Not even a guy anymore. And what was the last guy you said? 
Olegara Blunt, who had a couple of good years. So I knew you were going to do that. You brought up five guys over the what last was it? 20 what, years. He, four, he, has, he has four rings and and was the most prolific inside the 10 rusher besides Marshawn Lynch. Which, which is fine. I'm not saying they're impossible to find, but you guys made it sound like every single year there's a stud no, undrafted the guy. The point that is you it's don't not take true. running backs with that pick because it's just not the value. The value is late. The, the value is whatever you make out of it. If we take Etienne and he has 1,300 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns, there was tons of value. It, now you're right. If he has 200 yards and never plays, no, we wasted that pick. It all depends on how he gets used, like everything else in the NFL. Correct. If you're going to draft a receiver at that pick, if we took Tooney and then never threw him the ball, yeah, that would be a waste of that pick. Like That would be stupid for us to do that. Now, if we took Tooney and he had 800 receiving yards and 200 rushing yards and had 10 touchdowns, yeah, that was an unbelievable pick. It all depends on how he gets used. I just don't my, – my whole point with the running back too is – we could have Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley. I don't think they, they change our offensive run game. I don't think that happens. We just I mean, don't have a line that gets off the ball and moves other large I'm, men. I'm, I'm not saying that they're, they're, they, we have the seasons that they currently have, but anybody who doesn't think that Barkley and Henry are better than Moss. That's not what I'm saying. But well, you said, I don't think it would change anything. Having no, I Derek said, I don't Henry think it would significantly change our run uh our run game. I think it, I don't think it would significantly it, change it in terms of we're still going to give Josh the ball and air it out. They can get the ball on third and one. Okay. So maybe Derrick Henry's great at third and one and third and two, and you give him the ball a ton there. The value is still not there because our offensive line isn't going to power run down your throat all game. We're going to drop back and pass. At most you're running back, you're running back in our offense at most. If he's a workhorse gets 20 carries. I'm, I'm going to end this conversation because we need to wrap this episode up. We're running on the long side here. I'm going to end the conversation with the, uh, with the comment that did, uh, did Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones beat Pat Mahomes or did the defensive front for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat uh, Pat Mahomes? I, I would say that Tampa Bay would not have made it to the Super Bowl without Leonard Fournette, that he had 30 or 40 catches and was a reliable underneath target. 100% no questions. They would okay. not have gotten there without him. 100%. That's fine. Picked him up after he got cut, right? Yeah. So what? They got they got a bargain. They immediately went for him. Uh, that that and, and hey, that's, that's 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 kind <laughs> of our point. Not, paying him not not a ton of money for a running back. And four, and four, and again, is plenty. And again, it's plenty. Oh. It's not it's not overpaying. It's it's not what CMC is making or what Barkley's going to command. We wouldn't be paying Etienne that much either. Not a thirty. He's not the fifth overall pick. He's not making $30 million on a rookie contract. He's going to make two to What does the 30th pick make before you cut this off? Oh, boy. So while Austin looks that up, again, the, my, my point was, yes, you could make the argument they would not have made it without Fournette, but did Fournette and Ronald Jones beat Pat Mahomes? No. The defensive front for the Buccaneers won that football game. By stopping it, the best offense in the league. It, it was a team effort. Correct. It was a defensive effort. It is a team effort to it argue a, that two guys beat an entire roster is just silly. And you as a former football player, I, I know I'm, that I'm not, I'm not agree. I've played plenty of games where one guy has, has absolutely. And, and, I'm, and I'm not arguing one guy. I'm not off. I'm not arguing two. I am arguing that the seven man defensive front for the Buccaneers dominated that game in a way that the bills did not having Correct. the best running back in the, in the league 
does not win us the AFC championship. Having somebody that can get to the quarterback absolutely does. We're, we are many, many picks away from that. I disagree. We, we don't have Devin White. We don't have Levante David. We don't have You're right. We got Junior. We don't, Tremaine Edmonds. we don't know. Their linebackers are, I would say, twice as good as our linebackers. Also Levante, 29 and 24 versus 23 and 24, I believe. I mean, in, in tackles and in pressures and no, football in focus rating. Oh, in I mean, so it's, I mean, Edmonds is 23. All I'm saying, like if, if Tremaine Edmonds, if Tremaine Edmonds has been in the league as long as Levante David, we don't know. We've never, we haven't seen him at that point. And he came off a year where he didn't have his stud nose tackle eating up run blocks. Well, Devin, Devin White's been in the league for two years. Correct. And he played like a pro bowler and was all pro and is the Correct. captain of the defense. Tremaine Edmonds has made a pro bowl and Matt Milano's made a pro bowl. We got two damn I, good linebackers. And I, I, I we, Jaws and I have gone over this. I'm not an Edmonds fan. He could go away and I don't think we'd ever miss him in a million years. He whiffs I, on tackles I, and misses people all the time. He's he's also in it going into like but he's going into his fourth year and he's 23. He's younger than half the guys coming out of the draft De- right now. Devin Devin White plays how Edmonds should play. Attacks downhill, fills Devin gaps, White also attacks running backs. In the... So he's he, he was a better prospect. He's a better linebacker. Uh, agreed. But to, to be like, oh, we're fine. We have Edmonds. They had Devin White. They're like the same guy. They're not and, the and same guy. White is way better. And you just spent 20 minutes making an argument against taking another linebacker. Because at 30, just, you're, you're, you're not getting that guy at 30. That, that's, you, the, you taking, the fifth, if, taking the if fifth If a Wosu Koromora falls, easily he could be the guy. I think Zayvon Collins could be the guy. I think uh, and, the only one who couldn't is that Missouri kid because he's more of a run guy and can't really for, pass rush or, or, or cover. For, for the record, uh, JOK, his big board rank is 19, and Collins' rank is 36. Could very well be there at 30. Either one of them depending upon what happens in front of us. Also, to wrap up the conversation and the episode, my take was going to be one of those two linebackers or an edge rusher because, again, we, we, need, we need that dude that takes our defense to the next level. And, again, getting star back is going to help. However, my whole thing is a running back doesn't help us take the next step. Shoring up the, the step back we took defensively this year absolutely does. And that's my point. Uh, and... We just took 10 more minutes to wrap up the episode than uh, I planned to. And I said, I wanted to wrap the episode up. So nobody gets a final word except for me. So uh, mute and mute. So you guys don't get to talk anymore. I get to finish it up. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been a fun, awesome back and forth episode. Probably one of the most heavily debated we've had on Hats, Stats, and Stats. Hats, Stats, and Stats is a part of the BICBP radio network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Go there, check out us and all the other awesome podcasts, including the other ones that I have to do with, including Common Debauchery and Tip of the Cap, along with the Network Sports Talk Show and everything else not sports-related that's on there. And as always, thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Big Diesel and the Statman, who I'm not going to let argue anymore on the show today, we will be back to, to debate what happened possibly next week, if not the week after, and we will go from there. Guys, thanks for joining me, and I will. we will all catch you guys next week. Hats, Stats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom sublimated uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great.
play great.